All right, episode 14 of the Sons of the Hunt podcast, and we are doing the fourth and final installment of two. It's been a cool uh, a cool ride so far, man. Yeah, just a couple seasons of Pennsylvania archery, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty indicative of how Pennsylvania archery seasons go, you know, they're, they're up and down, and uh, it's a, a good representation but um, as for the last season, um, well, not the last season. I guess that that was the 2016 season. So uh, I started off the last installment with a clip of a deer, and we never really talked about the deer after that. Right. But there is so much more to that story of that deer, and I posted a, an Instagram picture um, of this deer during the week and uh it i i said that it was the first deer that i actually i felt like i kind of got to know yeah and it, it, it was tough it, it is a tough story but um i i have some footage of him this was you know that first clip just to remind everyone it was when me and my dad were talking which was actually an interesting conversation because i don't think people realize how pennsylvania has changed yeah, and just hearing his perspective of it, of it without him, I don't think recognizing that the camera was re- recording right. him. Yep, yep. It was a very genuine representation of how Pennsylvania has changed. And for anyone who says you know the antler restrictions or, mm-hmm. or the change of doe season hasn't worked, I, I think that yeah, that's a good representation. That was the summary of, right there of uh, how it has changed uh, for the better, of course. You know what I mean? Because just hearing his excitement and his yeah. voice about what he was seeing. Well, you know, what did he say? It was eight eight buck and yeah, twenty two like, total like deer. Twenty two deer and eight buck. Eight buck. Like, I feel like I'm hot out west. Yeah, you know what I mean. Which and, I mean, it is. It's that's that's impressive. I mean, and sure. especially to see a deer like this during daylight in velvet. You know, this was not something that was the norm, right? By any stretch. So. um yeah, we were all 2016 during the summer. We uh we got to watch this deer in the same field just about every night, you know. And I had a pretty good idea of where he was bedding, mm-hmm. and uh, basically where it was was the corner of that field that we were looking at. The only thing that separates that and the back corner of the property that I hunt is a swamp, and I know he was bedding somewhere on a, on a little side hill in that swamp sure it, it's all just tall marsh grass and whatnot and uh i had a pretty good idea of where he was mm-hmm. so i got back to where i thought that he might possibly go out the back of that swamp and head up the hill and i put a trail camera there and, right, and again right. this was in 2016 i know we already finished 2016 but uh believe it or not i actually ended up snapping a picture of him and uh that yeah, really he's a cool looking deer, man. He was just he he was he was the perfect deer, you know. He had good genetics and I think that the year that I was I started seeing him in 2016, I was thinking he was three and a half. You know, he he had a a more developed rack on him and mm-hmm. he was nice and thick in his body. So I was thinking probably three and a half. So during the summer of twenty seventeen he uh he started coming out again which was uh impressive to say the least i mean he he definitely 
added size to just to his general frame. Yeah. I mean, he was just a little wider, a little little longer in the points, and he definitely added mass. Yeah, I mean, you can see his legs look shorter. I mean, his belly's hanging a little bit better. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can see he's got that little sway. So, yeah, he definitely put on uh Yeah, I uh, mean, right mass, there. In, mass in regard to body size. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, not only antler size. I mean, uh, he, he just looks he looks long, mm-hmm. and you can see that sway in him. He's just a cool, overall cool-looking deer, man. Yeah, just – and he had that classic, you know, G2, longer than the G3, just that – perfect you know degradation in length of points it was just he was just perfect i mean he he would have scored i, I think buckmasters used to have the the perfect category yeah where they had to be each side had to be within a certain number of inches with no deductions that would have been him i mean his his rack was literally perfect so being that i started seeing him again in 2017 in the same field I, I you know right off the bat I was I was excited because sure. I knew that I had pictures of him on my property. So one night that summer I managed to get down a little bit closer and set up with my camera, and uh, this ended up happening, which was just it it was unbelievable. It was just a an unreal experience just getting this close to this deer. And I mean here is where you can really tell that okay yeah. he's fully mature you know. Yeah, he's just a really cool looking looking deer. I mean, his brow tines sweep out, which is cool. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, like I said, you know, in the last one, I, I I like to hunt for meat, but I like to see a big buck just like the next guy. And man, that's that's the kind of deer that turns you on right there. Yeah, and it it really, I don't know what's the word, possesses you, you a little bit. You get obsessed. I mean, after seeing him, it was it was like nightly. I would be at this field watching this deer. And filming him when I could, and then this encounter just put it over the edge for right, me. Right, right. I said, he, "All right, he, at some point, he's gonna come walking through that field that I hunt, or he's gonna be up on the mountain somewhere." Because after the the 2016 season, when I shot that six pointer higher up on the mountain, I actually talked to the neighbor who owns the property on the other side of that mountain. Mm-hmm. He owns right to the top, and I got permission to hunt up there. So. I said, all right, this is great. I know that I had a trail camera picture of him heading directly up the mountain. So I said, all right, this is this is going to be maybe another piece of the puzzle. Maybe I'll get a little bit closer this year. Right. So uh, I ended up setting up a stand up there. And uh, now we'll just go, we'll roll into the season. And uh, by the end of it, you'll, uh, you'll, you'll come back around a little <laughs> you'll bit. You'll have the conclusion yeah. to this. But, uh, yeah, the 2017 season was actually, out of all the three seasons we covered, probably my best season. I mean, it was, I, I saw a buck almost every sit. And, you know, just that farm that I hunt is just so saturated with deer. Mm-hmm. And down at that field, it, uh, the landowner describes it as a nursery. <laughs> it's just a nursery for doe. Yeah. You know, doe and yearlings. And it just... The field is always just packed with deer. Right. You know? So, I mean, the beginning of the season, I had, I was just seeing like 30 deer a night, like no problem. Just a lot of doe and a lot of yearlings, a lot of young buck like this, just yep. sparring. And... But that's it, man. It makes you real excited to get back in your stand. When, when you, you're seeing deer, I've had those years where, 
you know, I go four or five sits without seeing a squirrel. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, oh, you know, it is. It's tough. But, you know, when you're seeing deer, even if you're just seeing the doe filing out into the field or what have you, you're seeing the yearlings, you know, sparring like that. It definitely, it, it really, you know, makes it worth just being out there. And all the effort and stuff it takes to get out there and, and make that happen. You know, I've been taking my kids out hanging stands with me lately, and they're blown away about how much work it actually takes to do this. Oh, yeah. Like, they think you just go out and sit in the woods and shoot a deer. You know what I mean? I feel mean? like I have that realization every year. Yeah. <laughs> when I get out there and I start, you know, trimming lanes and yeah. hanging stands, I'm like, I'm not going to get through all this. Yeah, I got a big pack on my back full of safety harnesses and safety belts and tree yep. steps. And I've got my pole saw and I got the ladder stands and you yep. got the actual stand. And yeah. you're hauling, you know, 80, 90 pounds worth of gear out into the woods with you. Making two And then you got to put and... it somewhere, you know, and then yeah. you second guess. Maybe I shouldn't put it here. I'm going to drop my stuff. Go walk over there. Look at that. Do I want it there? No, I'm going to go back to the next yeah. place. You know. And it's. I, I, I rehung that stand that I told you up at the top of the mountain. Yeah. I hung that the other day, and when I was done, I couldn't believe, like, just my upper body, how mm-hmm. sore I was. That's it, it. It's just like you use every muscle that you forgot you had. I'm telling much. you. I'm telling it, you. Tell it's you, tough. The safety harnesses and the lineman's belt, I started using that this year for the first time. The lineman's Man, belt is huge. does that make it so much easier. <laughs> God, I was belt loving that huge. thing. Yeah. It was just a few years ago I went and hung a stand without one. And I'm like hanging onto the tree with one arm at the top of the mm-hmm. ladder, you know, the strap on ladder. And I'm like trying to put the stand around. Oh, it was a struggle. And I realized I'm like, you know what? I'm too old for this crap. <laughs> I can't be doing this. You know what? I'm going to fall out of this tree, you know? You know what my dad does? And, you know, call him old fashioned, call him a, a redneck, whatever you want to call him. When he knows where he wants to put a stand up, he'll take an aluminum ladder mm-hmm. carried in a couple weeks before and just drop it in the middle of the woods yep. and leave it there. Yeah, and then when he's when he finally figures out what tree he wants to hang the stand, mm-hmm. he'll throw the ladder up and, and yeah. take the ladder. And it's like genius, yeah, actually. It, it, <laughs> it's pretty smart, you know. Because it, it is because you know the aluminum ladder is not gonna nothing's gonna go wrong with it. I mean, you can leave no. those things out all year long, and they're yeah. not nothing's gonna happen to them. They're not gonna rust on you or anything. It definitely helps. Oh yeah. Yeah, that that Lyman's belt is the first year I've used them. I mean, they're not expensive. I think for the the harness and the belt, I got them off of uh, Amazon. I think thirty bucks for both. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah. cheap, inexpensive uh, investment. But man, I feel much better about getting twenty feet up there and uh, not having to hold on for my life with one arm while yeah. I'm trying to wrestle a stand onto the tree with the other. Yeah, because I'll tell you what, you get moving some weird ways. That's a, a real fast way to. That's it. Pull That's a muscle. It. You know, yeah, pull a muscle and, you know, drop 20 feet too. I'm I'm too big to be hitting the ground. Anymore, man. I don't bounce like I, I used imagine. to. Oh, it would hurt so you bad. Know? That's it. But, you know, it's it's cool to see their, you know, the way they're experiencing it because we take it for granted. We've been doing this for so long. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's uh that's just another kind of not to get off subject a little bit. The yeah. the whole dynamic of the Sons of the Hunt like with you and your dad. Yeah. And now with me and my guys coming up. It's just a really cool uh a dynamic for know in the way you named it not sons of the hunt yeah you couldn't get any better you can't make that up you know it doesn't last if it doesn't work that way that's right yeah and it's a really cool dynamic dynamic how your old man's got his ways and the way he was talking about those deer in the field yeah with you sitting next to him and filming everything i mean it's just a really cool dynamic yeah yeah it's uh yeah it's something that we're we're gonna share you know oh for sure until (laughs) until one of us stops taking so but uh Either way, back into the to this season, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't until the, the middle of October, 
think it was actually, uh, I don't remember the exact date on this, but this is when the buck activity started picking up. This was the first time that I sat in this stand all the way up on top of the mountain. This isn't too far from where I shot that six-pointer. Okay. And uh, it was nice, crisp October morning. God, I love those and, days. Yeah, and it, it was it was just the perfect scenario. It was what every bow hunter wants. Two doe trotted through, and it wasn't, you know, a minute later. This guy was hot on the, on their heels. And uh, this was the first time that I was kind of like, you know, challenged with, all right, you, you got to make a decision. Here. Right. And with what happened in uh, 2016, I was going to be picky sure. for next year. You know, I, I, I've said it before, you know, I'll – I'll kind of, you know, bend on what I shoot every other year. Right. Because, you know, I'm I'm just like anyone else. Like, I, I hate to waste a tag, but, you know, you also want to do your part. And, I mean, it, it's that line you want to walk. Tag it, soup is a flavorless penance, man. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, that that's pretty much it. So, this year I was definitely a little bit more picky. Sure. And uh, I could have stopped this deer at any time, but I... Uh, I let him walk. Yeah, he was uh, definitely on a mission there. Yeah, you know he, I mean? he he wasn't letting those those doe out of his sight. Right. That yeah, was... he's a cool looking deer, cool looking yeah. deer. But I get it, and that's it. I mean, you kind of, you know, scratched that itch the year before. You yeah. know what I mean? So you you were able to be a little bit more patient and a little more selective. Yeah. And, and so letting that guy go, I get it. And sitting in this stand for the first time and having this happen just mm-hmm. fit, you know that felt good. It, yeah. It's, when when you get a shot at a buck out of a stand that you just set up. Yeah. It's like all right. That's cool. I know. I, I do know what I'm doing. Sure, maybe. sure. Yeah. Possibly, you know, but uh, that wouldn't be the last time that I would see this deer. He just kept coming back. It felt like. Um, I'm trying to think of the the next time I saw him. Um. Was, actually at the bottom of the mountain. I, I was telling you earlier that this this was the first time that I ever saw the same deer out of every stand right. that I have on that property. So at the top of the mountain, I've got one. This is a corner, then that other corner, and then I have one in the woods. So it's four different stands that I saw this deer out of. That's pretty unique. Uh, yeah. That doesn't happen. I mean, you might see the same deer in the same stand a few times, you know what I mean? But to see the same deer in every stand on the property, that's pretty unique. Yeah, I, I don't know what his deal was. He just super mobile, saw him in in daylight. yeah like how many different times it's just and yeah i mean granted he's a two and a half year old deer he's young you know he was just running around probably sure. being angsty or whatever but it's uh this is that that one deer that you know i'm gonna remember if i see him again sure i think yeah, I you build think. a rapport with him for sure yeah so that was another time i saw him um then i saw him again towards the uh this might have been November 1st, I think. Yeah, because I had the trail camera of him. We, we were trying to suss this all out earlier. And this is the trail camera I had of him. Oop, let me turn that volume down. Trail camera I had of him on Halloween. Right. And he was. this is the stand up on top of the mountain. And he still had the G2 on the right side. Right. Yeah, we kind of we were going through some stuff, and you see. But now you say it's probably like overnight of this actual footage where he probably broke it off. This right? is when he got in a fight in the next twenty four hours. Yeah, at some point. Because you have footage of him with that broken G three. Right. 
He's so, such a cool looking deer, though. I, yeah, I, just, I mean, I, he, I'm enamored by them all. Honestly, he's got he's got a great frame. You know, he's he's symmetrical. He's even. Mm-hmm. It's he's he's got everything going for him. So then, the next day, I was in the stand, and uh, it was early, and it was another great day. And I I remember I, I grunted. I didn't even rattle in the morning, and he came through the timber, and he was coming up this trail. And at that point, right there, yeah. I thought that it might have been the, that real nice eight. Bigger one, right. I was getting all all jacked up, and then he ended up uh, walking out, and I, I knew it was him again. Yep. I was like, geez. It's, like, it's almost like at this point we were just, like, cool with each other, you know? There's a familiarity there, yeah, from yeah, both it's sides. Like, it's like I could just walk by this guy. There's nothing going to happen. Right, right. But, yeah, he just kept – Showing up, it seemed like. He's got kind of like a little bit of a unique patch between his eyes. That was kind of cool. I've noticed the last couple of I haven't of, noticed uh, that. If he's coming down, I see it between his eyes Oh, there? yeah. Kind of looks like the, um, what is that, Midwest Whitetail logo? They have like the, oh, the yeah, broad yeah, heads yeah. on. Just kind of, uh, I've been watching, like we said, we kind of were looking at this a little bit earlier before we clicked the mics on and we were going over a couple options here for uh, discussion. And, and this is the first time I noticed that as he was walking through those woods, I noticed he had that little patch there on his forehead. That would be a good identifying characteristic for him. You see him coming this year? Yeah, I, that's, you know, we're going to look at that in a couple of minutes, actually. Um, so after that, well, so this must have actually been before that then because he had his uh, – his G3 there. His G3 in this one. I saw him down in the field. See, I, I'm, I'm just recycling through footage here, mm-hmm. and it's just this is how many times I saw him. There. Right. It was just it was hard to keep track, and uh, he was bumping dough around this field. That's it. For and those of you guys who are listening, I mean, it, it's just he's everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> he's all and over it, the place. And I guess the for anyone who listens and doesn't actually watch this, he's, he's I think, a two-and-a-half-year-old. Mm-hmm. You were thinking he might. He might be three. Yeah, yeah, I would I would see it. But again, you know, I'm still sussing out how to, to field judge these deer. But I mean what I was looking at is I don't even look at the head. I don't look at the antlers. I look at the belly and I look at how short the legs appear. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. his, his belly goes straight back from front like the bat leg. You know, usually the the so two and a half, they still have that little sway going up, like that trim belly look. Yeah. But again, he just might be a big body deer. I mean, that's the hard thing about, you know, when we see, I see a lot of Facebook posts like, hey, how old do you think this deer is? Well, you're not familiar with that deer. It's hard to judge it when you're not familiar with the area. You know, what are they eating? Are they eating corn or are they eating browse? Yeah. And there's a lot lot that goes into that. A lot of the things that bother me about those kind of posts are you've only got a still frame. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have a video like this, see, now in that clip, he just looks a little bit thinner to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, it's a little different. You now his belly looks like it sways up into his hips a little. Yeah. So, I mean, I think he's two and a half. But then again, you know, a lot of people say you should, like, I guess out out west, you, you, you can't really judge them by right. their rack. I think around here you can. I really do because, you know, a two and a half year old deer is never going to have a ton of mass. Right, right. They might be long and tall or something like that or like you know, this narrow and wide. But... He's a little bit spindly, mm-hmm. I guess, is the is That's the a good word. point. But 
you're you're just not going to get that mass on a, on a two and a half. I mean, not typically. Right, right. Maybe here or there, but I would might say get lucky not with good genetics or something like that. But yeah, no, I know, I know what you mean. But I mean, you know, we we've spent most of our hunting lives here in PA. Yeah. You start to acclimate to the the type of deer you're seeing. You know what I mean? So yeah, and he's it, cool cool deer nonetheless. I mean, yeah, he was grunting and chasing doe around and bumping them and. He just couldn't figure out what he wanted to do. He was just having a great old time out in that field. And great footage, man. Great footage. Yeah. And, and I mean, this is this is the thing there. There's so many doe there. That's why I just hunt this field so mm-hmm. often. Yeah. Because it's it's just a matter of time. And there's, there's a couple parts of this field that they hit, and there's always scrapes there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you sit there. This is the stand, actually, that I hit the, that deer out of in, gotcha. the, in the last installment. And it's just, it's a solid stand. And, you know, buck just show up during the rut, and it's... It's going to be good year after year. Yeah. You know, once you find that spot, it's just, you know, you leave the stand there pretty That's much. That's it. They, they start to figure out the way they want to migrate out of their bedding to the to the food and, and so forth. And, you know, where the doe are going to be hanging out, you know that you're eventually going to be able to catch one sleeping a little bit. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great point. Great the strategy. One, the, the one thing that my dad and I were talking about last year when we were watching this footage is how the quality of most two and a half year old deer has i think jumped up to that next level yeah because i mean you you look at some of the deer that i have like hanging on the wall here like these these are two and a half year old eight pointers Mm -hmm. from you know back whenever and that deer is definitely bigger than all of these by all means yeah so i again i would just you know attribute that to the management that we've been doing you know it's it, it 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 baffles me a little bit when people say, you know. No, I know. I mean, there's a lot of arguments out there uh, for one side or the other, but you're going to have a real hard time convincing me otherwise mm-hmm. that the management practices uh, from when Gary Alt started to instill the, the, you know, the tools that he had, uh, that it didn't work. Yeah. You're not going to convince me yeah. that it didn't work. I mean, it, it it's obvious it's a successful program. I mean, you know, there's bumps in the road, no doubt, but, um, you know, and again, in it, you might see a lot of people who hunt more like a little bit closer to, um, like an urban area. You know, I have a buddy of mine in Scranton and, uh, he has a picture of a cool deer. It's an 11 pointer, but he's the smallest 11 pointer I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah and yeah, it yeah. lives in Scranton, yeah. like literally in the town of Scranton, you know, he comes in his backyard, eats his bird feeder, you know, yeah. and he's got all kinds of pictures and stuff like that. And it's a freaking 11 point. Yeah. You know, and, it, and this is a thing, like all of a sudden, in the past few years, you've been seeing people start, you know, killing more three and a halfs and four and a halfs, and then yeah. you know they're scoring one forty, one fifty. And it. now all of a sudden we're seeing two and a halfs that you know have eleven points, right? And they're a little bit bigger, and and like this one might be sixteen, seventeen inches wide. They're just getting a little wider, and that's it. it, it the genetics are definitely improving, and it's, it's like gonna with keep anything, going. any kind of program like that, it's going to take some time for it to kind of take hold. Uh, you're not going to see results in two, three, four years. No. You, you might, it might take a decade for those results to kind of rear their head, yeah. but it's been that plus oh, uh, yeah. since they put those antler restrictions in here in Pennsylvania, and uh, I think it's been a, a, a huge benefit to the herd. For sure, for sure. And that's that's the thing I think a lot of people don't realize is that, like, you know, evolutionary traits mm-hmm. are are – duration effect it takes a long time nothing is even season to season when when did the the antler restrictions even come into play i don't even remember i think it was was... it might have been the first year i was hunting which was like 2000 yeah no it was definitely around that late 90s early 2000s but you know 
the problem is we, we've we've talked about how people in our area and I mean we speak from experience because we're from here you know people get dug in yeah you know when you mess with someone's tradition oh doesn't matter the end result yeah it ain't gonna be pretty for a lot of people yeah. and that's where a lot of, I think the pushback came from was people who you know this was the tradition this is what they grew up doing you know not a lot of people are receptive to change even if it's a change for the better long term it, you know a lot of people can't see past next season. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of the pushback came from. But um, it's obviously been a pretty successful campaign just looking at, I mean, look at the Pittsburgh area, the deer that are coming out of Western PA, yeah. uh, Clearfield County area. Um, it's just amazing. You know to, what I mean? To me, that's league over from Ohio. Yeah, who, yeah, yeah. Who, no, we, we talked about that before. Yeah, it's a good They're point. on top of their, their game. There. That's it. You know, they, they care about the deer. They've been doing mm-hmm. this for longer than Pennsylvania. Yep. And it, it's it's happening there. You well, know? I mean, some of the deer you've got on film. I mean, I showed you a picture of the deer we had up over the hill not too far from here um, at my buddy's place. I mean, there's some big deer around. Yeah. I mean, and there's always been those, you know, freak specimens you know what i yeah, mean the, but the, they become a couple that sneak by but they're few and far between now they're becoming a little bit a little bit more frequent yeah you know? absolutely but uh anyway back into it this mm-hmm. is the last time that i saw this deer and i i feel like this was finally the time where i think he knew i was there yeah and he didn't care just didn't care yet i think he was bedding up on top of this hill you know just sitting on the edge looking over and checking the wind behind him and i grunted this was midday. This was like one o'clock, and he just strolled in to check out what was going on. And, yeah, was, and give I me thought that whole that, uh, you again look. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, God, this guy keeps grunting and uh-huh. tricking me to come in. Something wrong but with that you crazy know ugly bird up there. I mean, yeah, he's uh, he's receptive to calling. I know that. Yeah. So if he is around this year, I. I would wager that I'm going to mm-hmm. see him again. And it looked like that that patch on his forehead it was still there. Um, but it was not as evident as it was in the previous video. But that might be a little bit of a dead giveaway for him. It, it, no, you know? there, there's a light spot yep, right it's there. it's there. But uh, you know what that could, that could have been in the morning? He might have just been rubbing on a tree or Maybe. something, you know? Yeah. But it's it's definitely there. Yeah, there it is. It's tough to find a distinguishing characteristic. You might find like a, a, a nick in the ear or, um, you know, a, a second throat patch or, or something, right. like you know, that would patch, give them yeah. away. But it, sometimes, you know, it's it's the antlers that build that characteristic, that yeah. that familiarity. You know what I mean? You see the short brow tines or, you know, that weird wiggle that the G2 has or what have you. I mean, usually those are pretty consistent yeah. through the years. There's a, there's a couple. For a few years. Yeah. And at this this farm, you'll notice there's a couple of characteristics that just carry through. Right. Short brow tines. Right. Um, a lot of times are super long mm-hmm. uh, G2s right. that are longer than the G3s. It just a, it's just a common characteristic. Um, wide deer, there's, a, there's another almost antler characteristic. And this is another deer that I ended up passing up. Uh, super wide and short points. And if you remember in Ghost, I had a deer on camera that hit a scrape. And he was real wide and real short mm-hmm. points. And uh, that that was this one. This again, same stand all the way up on top. And this deer came through one morning, and he was he was angsty. He had that that those wide eyes mm-hmm. where you could. He turned his eye, and it was white, the white, white yep, and bloodshot. Yep. Like he was just angry, and his hair was standing up. And see, his oh, eyes he's like stomping, bloodshot. Yeah. 
But again, that's not a great genetic structure for the that rack, but it doesn't really matter because he ended up getting harvested in rifle season. Yeah, you said that. Which is funny because it was well over a mile, probably two miles away. How about that? Yeah. Somebody posted the, the, the picture, and somebody I know shared it, and then I posted a still shot of this. Oh, the, how about and that? And they were like, how did you get that picture? <laughs> Through diligence. Indeed. But there was also another deer, another eight-pointer, that was kind of in that same category, a really nice, and I think he was two and a half, um, a lot of people would be familiar with this deer because this was the buck in a couple of short videos I posted called Encounters. Mm-hmm. I remember that was a cool series. Yeah, because he was, again this year. he was, you know, he was pretty receptive to calling as well, obviously. Grunt, grunting and calling at this farm just works really well. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just because there's so much competition over the doe there, but, uh, yeah, and and I think that he might actually be a little bit nicer than that last year. Right. It, it, it's kind of hard to tell. He's got he he has a little bit more mass, maybe. Well, it, it depends on you know beauties of the eye of the beholder, man. You know what I mean? It depends on who's looking at it. You know, some guys like those would would rather a wider rack with shorter tines. Other guys like those thin, narrow, tall racks. I mean, it's all about what you're into. You know, it's kind of like yeah. kind of like ladies. You know, some guys <laughs> like a thicker chick. You know, right. so uh, you know, it all depends on what your preferences are and what appeals to you. Yeah, yeah. He's. I would say I would agree two and a half on him. He's a he's a cool deer though. Yeah, and, I, and I'm going to say that about every deer that comes across the screen, just for future reference. <laughs> <laughs> They're yeah. all neat, you know. I just love seeing them. I saw him a bunch of times, man. And, yeah, uh, I think this one, he comes in pretty close. Yeah, he was bumping dough around the field just, just like the other one was, and you know maybe he was the one that broke the other deer's antler. Maybe you know, who knows? But uh, you know, I actually just heard the camera click off, so maybe we'll take a break. And we'll uh, we'll get that. Camera yeah, we're going just again. at thirty minutes right now. Yeah, it's funny because it seems like the the least amount of action so far, and we have the most to say about it. I know, right? But uh, yeah, let, let's take a take a break. We'll pick this up, and then we'll we'll, we'll babble about whatever comes to our minds awesome. afterwards. So hang in there. We'll be right back. So we took a, a little break, and we are back. Um, we're going to tell the rest of this story because, like I said, the 2017 season for me was the most action-packed, but not as far as being able to translate that into a story. I right. mean, I, I had a ton of buck action, and I had more trail camera action than I've ever had at this, this farm. And uh, I had a couple deer on film during the season that I never ended up seeing. And, uh, they were, they were good ones. Yeah. Like this, this one right here. I know, uh, I posted this one on social media and I asked everyone what they thought his age was. 
because to me, he he does. He looks like he's two and a half, but he has an impressive set of antlers on him right. for a two and a half year old. You know, he's got he's got some decent mass and he's wide. It looks like he might have snapped off the end of his main beam on the left side or something yeah. like that. I mean, he's he's a cool looking bruiser, dude. But to to me, I, I'm. I'm Almost positive that he didn't get harvested either. I, the only one I know of that got harvested for sure was that wide, stubby, pointed yep. eight-pointer. Um, the other one that I had several trail camera videos of was this guy. And now I'm going to use this picture first mm-hmm. because I'll tell you what, man. I think that, to me, this might be the oldest deer that I've ever gotten on trail camera. Yeah, he just has an old look to him. I mean, the, from the color of his coat to the nappy head, I mean, the thickness and the mass of his antlers. Now, he doesn't have a huge rack, but it's thick and heavy. Yeah, look at his, like, stubby little weird yeah, tail. Yeah, man. He just looks like he's got a white face, the Roman nose. I mean, he's just a cool-looking just specimen, deer. man. Yeah, I, I would agree. He looks like an older deer. Look at his G2 on that side. It's all squiggly. And... Yeah, it's weird. He he's he's a strange strange looking deer, but he, I would say that this deer is is five and a half, at least. I mean, and it's just because he to me in this uh, frame of this video, look how like plump he looks. Yeah, he's thick. He's heavy in the backside too, which yeah. is kind of indicative of. Uh some of the older deer as they start to decline a little bit. So and, yeah, he might be five and a half, six and a half years old. I mean, and, and just we, a really cool. We had this conversation before and I, I think it holds true. I mean, for the most part, I mean, you'll have, you know, no two deer the same. You'll, you'll have, you know, out, outliers and mm-hmm. whatnot. But I really feel that at least in Pennsylvania, a two and a half year old deer will not have much mass on their antlers. Right. It definitely takes a mature deer to get that kind of mass. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at his main beam in parts it's it's almost palmated. Right, right, yeah. And I I just feel like you don't get that until looks almost like the end the end of his main beams are rounded. I mean, he's like that heavy kind of thick, you know, and yeah, and and there was a, a time it was just in that first week of November that that he showed up. I had a couple different trail cam videos of him. He was, it was like on the, the fifth in particular, he was around a bunch of times. I think that this might be an hour off. I don't think I changed them after the time change. Right, there. right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you could just see he, he didn't, he did not have an impressive rack. I mean, he might've scored, I don't know. What do you think? Maybe 115. Maybe. And it's hard to tell because he's going to gain, he's going to gain in, in the mass, in like mass, the thickness yeah. of his main beam. So. It, but I, I, that's a pretty good guesstimate. I mean, that's yeah. another thing. I mean, between, I was, cause it's like, it's weird. Like, is that, those are not his, his, uh, brow, his, no. his eye guards there, right? No, like, those are his G2s. Yeah, it's a strange looking, like, it's he's weird. real short in his G2s, long in his G3s, and then back down again. Bad like, genetics, but I think he's an old deer. Right. Look at his the way in this frame his back sags. Yep, his back is swayed, his belly's hanging. I mean, he's got big haunches. Like, yeah. He's just that his tail looks short. You know what I mean? See, it's I think like, that I think that that's an old deer. Yeah, he only has what one brow tine, right? Yeah, only one. 
So he might be back on the decline. You know, a buddy of mine, uh, my buddy Mike Archangeli, sh- sent me a picture of a six-pointer he shot up in New York. And one of the guys that, you know, he hunts with a lot of guys from the state, state troopers and, you know, guys from the gang commission and up there. The, I don't even call it up in New York. It has to be the gang commission in New York. And they they think that the deer might have been as old as nine years old. Like, that thing was ancient. No teeth left. I mean, his teeth were all ground down to the gums. And, yeah. And he had kind of a similar look to him. Like you could, although he wasn't size wise that much different, it was just the characteristics that were different. You could look at him and be like, man, that's just an old deer. You know, the, the, yeah. the, the wider it, battered it's, snout. It's know, hard to and, tell sometimes on those older deer, is. like, you know, sometimes, you know, smart deer with bad genetics are still smart and they, yep. you know, get old. That's just it. Just like any other Just like doe, you know, and, yeah. I, and I, I've, I've kind of talked about that a few times, you know, a three, four year old doe, man, good luck. Yeah. They're just as smart, if not smarter, than some of those big bucks, especially in the late season when, you know, not the late season, but like, you know, the rut. These Some of these bucks, you're going to catch them slipping because yeah. they've got their mind on something else. The doe, however, it's rare you're going to catch a doe slipping. Yep. So uh, just to get back in and, and try to wrap this up as eloquently as I could. Um, so we'll just say our archery season ended on the 11th yeah that year yep 11 11 sunday top of the mountain that stand that i set up i was super amped on it i had uh i made a post about it and i remember i took a picture from the base of the tree up and i had a mock scrape in front of it and that's where i saw that stubby eight pointer that's where i passed up that other eight pointer twice Mm -hmm. sunday yep day after the season there he is. What a killer. Man, and he he's is... a stud. He's awesome. Like, it, you couldn't ask for anything more. There he would be. He'd be coming... He'd be quartering towards me there, but he probably would have walked broadside probably yeah. 10 yards. Yep. What a stud. Assume, assuming the wind was right and all that nonsense, but, I mean, come on. There he yeah. is. Right at, at, at my mock scrape, you can see the dripper hanging in the tree. He just comes walking by grunting, and it just blows my mind that I went that entire season never got a glimpse of him. I know, right? It's it. And that comes back around to these uh, cameras being a blessing and a curse, man. Yep. Because <laughs> if not for that camera, you never would have known that deer was there. It would have been no big deal. Yep. And but, for uh, everyone listening on the podcast, this is the big eight that I yep. filmed during the 2016 summer. I yep. filmed them the 2017 summer. I got real close to him. In the summer mm-hmm. during 2017, I had trail camera pictures of him. And, and there he is. The day after archery season, yep. he walks by. They don't keep a calendar, man. Nope. It's amazing. But maybe, that's it. You know? Maybe they do, and they know yeah. that they're in Pennsylvania, so they just stroll around on mm-hmm. Sunday like they own the place. I know, right? Yeah, for all you guys out there who don't know, we cannot hunt on Sundays in Pennsylvania. It is still a blue law. Uh, we're working on changing it, but uh, it still hasn't. It's still there, man. You still cannot hunt on Sunday. Well, you could hunt crows, coyotes, fox, certain stuff like that. Certain. Yeah, you can hunt a few things, but you just can't hunt the good stuff. It uh, doesn't make any sense. And I'm not. No, nah, it'll it'll change. We're working on it now. But um, anyway, uh, during rifle season, I got the worst message ever. Mm-hmm. My buddy sent me the uh, the picture, and obviously. He got shot by uh, an out-of-state hunter right right above the swamp 
where I knew he was betting. Mm-hmm. This this guy was just walking up a, a, a quarry road. Just kind of caught him. Jumped him. Yep. And fired off a shot. And uh, there he is in the back of a truck. Last place you want to see him. <laughs> that it, it just it. It's not even angry. It's just it's almost sad. Disappointment. It, and it, it is kind of sad because it's it's like you know. I knew where he was. I knew mm-hmm. where he was living. His his home range was definitely shrunken right down yep. to the outskirts of that swamp. He he knew it was safe there. He'd come out in the summer and eat in that field, and then he'd pop out the other side and probably hit a couple apple trees right along there, yep. and then he'd get back in there, and he was safe. He knew where it was, and I knew where he was, and I just didn't have permission to hunt it. Just ran out of time. That's you made it, it one more year, man. You may have been onto him, but and that's that's it. That's hunting. I got as you know cl- I mean? as close as I legally could to him. Sure, you know, I put the stands on the edge, and and I, but man, look at look at the mass that he just carried through his points. Yeah, you know, he yeah, was he's just a good an deer, awesome man. deer, no doubt, no doubt, big and, pieces. Yeah, it's it's a bummer, and that 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 hurts. But <laughs> something that kind of brought me out of that hole is uh, during the 2017 summer, I never even really mentioned this because I wasn't 100% sure, but I was pretty sh- I, I I can't even really say sure. There was a deer that I was seeing in a, in a neighboring field on the opposite side right. of the farm. So you've got the farm, and then there was, let's say, if you're looking at the farm from the road to the left of it, mm-hmm. that's where I was seeing the that big eight-pointer. Sure. To the right of it, I was seeing another nice deer during the summer. And just because of the way the road kind of went up and this deer was always coming out of the back end of the field, I could never set up and actually film the deer from the road. So the best I ever did was like crappy cell phone pictures through a spotting scope. And this was the deer. You could see these very sketchy photos of just a pretty good frame deer sure and the more i started looking at them the more i started thinking that frame resembles Looks a little familiar huh? the deer that i hit yeah now these pictures are taken 400 yards away from where right, that right. happened with a cell phone through a spotting scope but <laughs> so I, mean... I did set up a camera as close to this position as I could, mm-hmm. just like the last one. And um, this is just a really weird story, and it's almost just stupid on my part because it wasn't until January. We're talking January 2018, mm-hmm. after the season. Everything's over. Archery season, well, I mean, you could still hunt yeah, late season. Yeah, you have the second season, late season and stuff. I was sitting on my couch, and I was going through SD cards, and I found this SD card. And I was I started looking at videos and I was, I was saying, where are these from? I don't remember looking at these. And I came across this video. And uh, needless to say, I was my my jaw dropped. Right because so. I'm pretty certain that that's the deer I hit. I'll flash back to the the picture of him right from when i hit him the points his his g two and three 
They sweep out. Mm-hmm. Small brow points. Yep. It's the same very similar characteristic sure very close but then but then again how i grabbed this card and didn't check it i know right what's what's wrong with me like how how did that even happen you know we're sitting here um at this table where we do the podcast uh it's not rare or it's not (laughs) uncommon rather to see four or five sd cards (laughs) Oh, my, around yeah, wow. as we're filtering so yeah. it happens and i have it as well i have a little wallet full of sd cards and you know it's easy to lose track of them i mean if you have one or two well then yeah there's no excuse for that but you've got a handful of them juggling yeah you're gonna but I, that's just an awesome picture video right there how I about think, that i mean i can't I imagine think i think it's to be I a think fly it's on the wall man it might be, yeah it very well could be and if not it's obviously a very close relative an offspring sure. or something but I have a pretty good feeling that it's him just yeah. just because of the size like he's definitely incrementally bigger than what he would have been the year before you're right year prior so it it makes sense now I did get a glimpse of a nice buck out of that same stand that year I can't say for certain if it was him he just came trashing by in I forget it was I think November second or third, and I couldn't I couldn't get the camera on him or anything. He just came through some thick stuff. I knew it was a nice buck. Mm-hmm. It, there's a good chance it could have been this one. But That'd be pretty awesome to get another crack at him this year, huh? From what I oh my god, from what I understand, he was not harvested. I I have a pretty good bearing on what happens around mm-hmm. there. I would have heard about him, sure, because that a couple of years ago when I when I shot the nice one that I shot there everyone knew about yeah. it you know so if he if he was harvested he I would have heard about him because I mean he has long points he's 20 inches wide yep I mean he he's probably in the 130s I would think too yeah yeah he's a good deer but uh really good deer for PA man yeah and just the fact that man if for anywhere <laughs> honest that was the one that I hit yeah and he's still hanging that. around if I could you know get another shot at him that, a little redemption yeah that would uh i'd have to re-edit all this film into a a real indeed you know, a real movie here but yeah so that's what i've got going on at that farm there are just so many deer with a ton of potential there and i really feel like i'm just going to sink a lot of time into that spot i already have stands set up mm-hmm. and you know i i know where the deer are i, I i've got that property pretty well pinned down nothing's really changing right. there and it looks like you're slated for a pretty good uh 2018 season man yeah i'm pretty and excited to see the outcome of what's what's happening i've already got that trail camera picture that i showed you that yep. i think is that that a pointer i passed up yeah. a couple different times um it's hard to tell if it's him if if it is he didn't grow too much but it looks like he has the same frame shape and yeah it all kind of looks the same and if he's three and a half you know i might I might take a crack at him. Yeah, right. Knowing that there's other deer around that could be four and a half, five. And I know, right? We'll, we'll, it's a tough situation, you we'll know? We'll play that stupid Especially game when you again. set goals, you know? Yeah, that's but, and it. And that's it. I mean, by the time this, this comes out, I mean, it's we're going to be into the season. It's going to be Friday. Friday, yeah. this is going to come out. We're going to be done. I'm going to have all this footage out. And uh, it'll be the day before the opener of Pennsylvania. Well, I mean, some of the western parts of the state, yeah. uh, they're already running. Uh, but for statewide archery season, opens the 29th. So, 
That's so it. up to 28th, it'll give you a nice little teaser for the upcoming season. Yeah. I'm sure we'll get into that in uh, the next uh, section here as well. Yeah. But this is uh, a little bit of an oddball podcast because we're going to take another break. Yeah. And we're going to wrap this up. All my footage now is done, wrapped up, out. I've got a clean slate. I'm ready to go. I love it. It's a good way. Good deal, I, man. Yeah, good deal. I'm, I'm pumped now. So we are going to go grab the beer we're going to review, and we're going to come back at it. So we'll see it in a minute or so. Sweet. back for the final third third segment <laughs> the final third segment of the the podcast and oh it's my favorite time. we are all about just keeping you all on your toes yeah. man and this is my favorite Indeed, time of man, the podcast here we go because guess what time it is it is that time yeah you it's heard it beer it is time. beer review time brought to you by Tavor I would say it's the the premier craft beer delivery app. No doubt. No doubt. Once again, it is not a beer of the month club. It's not a subscription. Nope. You go on there, design your own crate, get it shipped to your house, get beer that you will never get your hands on otherwise. If you drink craft beer, you need to check this it out. is definitely a way to go yeah uh, 400 breweries uh available to you at your fingertips uh stuff you can't get in your local area um and again you can't under can't overstate the fact that it is not a uh subscription so you just kind of put in your preferences and they'll kind of measure your selections as you go and they'll start to make some really cool suggestions of stuff you might like yeah and if you like it great Click, click it, and uh, if you don't you get like what's on there, don't house. buy it. That's it. You don't. You're not obligated by any means yeah. to uh, cough up a monthly uh, subscription fee, uh, which is huge because uh, nothing worse than uh, getting locked into a monthly subscription. I remember when I used to get like all those cassettes for a penny yeah. back in the day. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, ten CDs for a penny, man. You just get locked in. You don't even see it coming. ESPN the magazine just keeps showing up in my house. I'm telling you, I'm like why? What, what did I do to deserve this? Totally uncool ESPN. <laughs> yeah. But I think that was because I signed up for the Insider or something, try to get some Insider fantasy tips. and Ah, uh, there you so go. That's see what I that, get. See, like, how, see how that goes? But anyway, Definitely back on track. not the case here with Tavor. No, exactly. You don't get punished by them. That's it. That's it. And it's a great way to kind of improve your beer knowledge because it can really you can find some stuff that you didn't even know existed and uh, right. really start to expand your palate a little bit. So this is our first case. The last, yeah. the last beer review with the Anchorage within us mm-hmm. that was from Tavor, purchased by Rocco. That's right. So now the podcast. So now this is the first case that I've received, and. I, I kind of did the old, no, surprise me. Right, right, right. So I I, kinda, I told them what I liked. Um, I really wanted to try 
a milkshake IPA. Right. This seems to be the new craze. Blame it on the haze. Blame it on the haze. Yeah, this is the new cool. craze. Yeah, yeah, milkshake IPA. You know, I've I've seen a few of them around, and they've gotten mixed reviews from uh, what I've seen. Uh, but I just don't. It might not just be some people's bag, man. You know what I mean? Um, I, I have no idea. I don't know what to expect. I mean, a lot. I. A lot of the ones that I see seem to be like uh, very fruity, mm-hmm. like with this lactose. I don't, they it 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 definitely hazy. It's not as hazy. Well, it's it's more hazy than when we first poured it. Right. Yeah. As we were pouring it, I was thinking, man, that's pretty translucent. Like, uh, but it's definitely as it reached the glass, it thickened up, and there was a big head on it when we poured it, and yeah. it really dropped Super down foamy. quickly. Um, it kind of reeled itself back in, and there's a lot of bubbles coming up the side. So it's an interesting. I mean, it's uh, doesn't cool bite to look you. at. Doesn't bite you in the nose. No. No. It smells pretty mild. I mean, it smells good. Yeah. So but I've never is, had one. I and now this is just also IPA. just a regular IPA. Brewed with Denali, Mosaic, Vic Secret, and Lactose. And that's the big thing, I guess, that makes milkshake IPAs, milkshake IPAs, the, the lactose. lactose. Yeah, that makes sense. So um, let's just try it. See what happens. All right, let's see what we got. Hmm. That's pretty good. That's good. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to figure out where the milkshake comes in. Yeah. I'm not sure. Kind of just tastes like an IPA. Yeah. It's good. I like it. It's clean. Yeah. It's got a clean taste to it. Yeah. I mean, cool color. Not mm. a real powerful smell. Mm-mm. I mean, some of them you open the can, like I said, you know, and, and you, you can smell it as you're pouring it, you know, but uh, this doesn't have a really strong aroma to it. No. It's a clean taste. I was expecting more of like a, uh, what was the term? Creamy mouthfeel. Creamy mouthfeel. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what I was expecting, but it's, yeah, it's it's good. I like it. Denali mm. mosaic fix. I drink that again. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. Um, low IB, low. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, alcohol, low ABV, so six percent. So that's not terrible. I mean, it's high compared to a. Budweiser, Bud Light but, or whatever. Yeah, you're but drink, I mean, but. you know, com- compared to some of them that are like eight, nine, ten percent, um, you know, it's pretty. Uh, it's it's definitely a reasonable beer, is the best way I can kind of quickly sum it. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if the the lactose just kind of what's the word I'm looking for just kind of like dulls it off. Maybe is it is that uh, an accurate? Yeah, yeah, statement? kind of it, rounds it, it out a little. bit. Doesn't really have bite. No, no. No, it's very mild, very clean. I like it. Yeah, it just, to me, <laughs> this is just like the beeriest beer. Yeah, yeah, is, yeah, is, yeah. Does that make sense? Sure, sure. It's just like, this is beer. Yep. <laughs> it's like beer. Indeed it does. Um, it's not real. Um, it's like right down the middle. Yeah, yeah. It's not real boozy, though. It's not like you can, no. it's not like a real sharp you know, uh, alcohol flavor. It's not like that bitter aftertaste you get with uh, some some of the uh, like the mixed drinks or something. You would get. Right. You kind of get that that last minute, oh, you know, yeah. slap in the mouth yeah. with the uh, what, whatever booze is in there. Your chest warms up. Yep, as it goes yep. Down. It's definitely not like that. It's definitely uh... crafted and canned by Woodland Empire Ale Craft Incorporated out of Boise, Idaho. Ah, uh, Idaho. Be true to your school. Recycle this can. 
Sure. Well, that's a little awkward, huh? Sure. <laughs> we'll do. All your kegger parties, make sure you're recycling your cans. Yeah. Uh, it's got a cool label. Yeah, I, like I dig it. it. Like a big hop with a crown on it. It's but pretty not, cool. To, to try to sort it out, I mean, rather than just saying it's it tastes like beer. <laughs> well, you know. Not a very thorough review. I mean, I'm not getting much fruit. No, nor am I. It's I I feel like it's a bit more hop forward. It's lighter than I was anticipating. I was anticipating like a thicker, um, you know. What do you think? Milkshake. Light. You know what light, I mean. Light is a good is a good adjective. Yeah, it's um, lighter than I was thinking. It it's pretty fresh. I mean, like a real refreshing beer. It is now, and it's actually after a couple of sips, it's starting to taste different to me. Yeah. It, it's it's definitely it's very refreshing. Definitely yeah, is. I'm digging it. I would drink this a thousand times over a, a Coors Light or a, I, I like. I gotta be honest with you. The Miller Lights of all the light beers, I can drink a Miller Light all day long. Yeah, if I'm, I'm at a, a backyard barbecue. I can handle the Miller Light. Can't um, stand Miller Light. I, I, I stick by my old Yingling Lagers uh, for that kind of yeah. uh, atmosphere. Current um, currently, but, I'm I'm big into the Oktoberfest. The Yingling Oktoberfest oh, yeah. is probably the best October yeah, I'm a fan. out there it's a good one it's a good one um they've got it down i mean that's an old brewery man Yingling. That, they've been that, around since what 1800 something like that i would put the yingling Oktoberfest up against any other Oktoberfest out there it. except maybe um hofbra did you ever have hofbra Oktoberfest? can't say that i have awesome right out of germany no kidding really good it sounds it yeah doesn't sound Hofbrau. like it's out of wilkesbury <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah not, I, not the I, old ying 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 <laughs> give me another ying ying yeah, but, well, that's it. If you're in Pennsylvania and you order a lager, that's what you're getting. You're getting a, there is a no yingling. other lager in Pennsylvania. There is Yingling lager. Yeah, it's funny when you talk to people from other parts of the country, mm-hmm. and they tell you like what they're paying for Yingling, and yeah, oh my God, you you have a Yingling lager. Yeah, but yeah, what, like what what about it? Mm-hmm. Years ago, I was in New Jersey at a CIL City, New Jersey, with uh, my wife before actually before we were married. We're kind of at a beach house out there, partying with some friends, and we went to the bar, and that was the first time I'd seen Yingling Lager outside of Pennsylvania. Outside of PA, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 definitely its way around. But is it America's largest brewery now? Oldest, oldest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They knew they had some kind of superlative. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's the oldest brewery in the United States uh, by quite a jump, actually, like eighteen something they started. But yeah, back to the old uh, blame it on the haze. I'm a fan. Yeah, you know, I, it, I was a little nervous with the whole milkshake. Uh, I've know. been dying to try it. I mean, there, there's so many out there, and that that group that uh, that I've kind of become enamored mm-hmm. with. Yeah, the craft beer craft uh, beer lovers. Yep. I love that group. It's pretty cool. Yeah, isn't it? I'll be I'll be at work on a break and taking a look at it, and then all of a sudden there's it's like big hazy glasses mm-hmm. of beer, and I'm just like, oh, yeah. Why dude, am I here? A lot of the people <laughs> in that group know how to take pictures. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, that's probably the biggest trend now since the hazy New England mm-hmm. double IPAs. Yep. It's it's milkshake now. Yeah. It's this milkshake IPA. I saw one the other day that made me step back for a second. It was, mm, I can't remember the brewery, but it was a big can release. There were a few different people from the group waiting in line for this can, and it was like, cotton candy cookie dough double milkshake ipa and i was like 
I'm very open-minded yeah. when it comes to beer. <laughs> I will try anything, but I mean, come on. Like, I was already drawing a line in my brain right there. I'm cotton like, candy, cookie dough, yeah, yeah. Uh, milkshake IPA. It's like, all right, all right, are we drinking beer anymore? Just go go get a milkshake and pour some rum in yep, it or yep, something, yep. you know? Yeah, but, no, I guess that I was I was a little uh, I wouldn't say hesitant to uh, dive into the whole milkshake IPA thing, but it was just a new experience because I've never had one, and uh, so who knows? Maybe this is a, a unique version of a milkshake IPA, and uh, it's just an outlier. But I mean, I wouldn't be able to tell you to be honest with you, but I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I have to say, with every sip I take, I'm liking it more and more. Yeah, and, yeah, and it's, it's good. I'm enjoying it. Blame it on the haze. There's like a kind of a hint of like everything in there. And now it does kind of feel like after I drink it, I am kind of getting a, like a sweeter taste afterwards. Mm -hmm. And I I don't want to say sweet, like it's not sweet. No, no, not at all. It's it's pretty dry, but that aftertaste kind of is like strangely sweet in some kind of way. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm really enjoying it. It's not harsh. It's not. There's no real uh, tough aftertaste. It's not boozy. It's uh, like I say, clean and fresh. That's about the best way I can put it, which is not where I was anticipating. No, to be honest with you. No, it's it's a, it's a good beer. I would. But I mean, if this I, were available locally, yeah, I would buy it. Well, I'm willing to wager that it is available on Tavor. If you it go on 100% to the site, one hundred percent is. Mm-hmm. So for everyone locally listening to this. Mm-hmm. You'll never try it unless you unless you get in with order Tavor. it through Tavor. Yep. And uh, how long is that link active that we have for the discount? That's still going, huh? Uh, for the indefinite future. Dig it. Well, there you as go. Far, it. As far as I'm concerned, so or, go or on, no. So go on, click the link, take a look around, see what you like, and uh, get a couple bucks off. Yeah, and uh, the deal with that link, I know some people have clicked it and messaged me. Um, it it calculates at checkout. So okay. if you click that link and then you sign into your account, it might be better if you're already signed in or mm-hmm. you stay signed in, click the link. It should calculate at checkout. That's awesome. I mean, if anything, it might even cover the shipping for the case, for the, case, the crate or whatever. You yeah. Know? And uh, uh, the way I look at it, it's free beer. That's all. Yeah. I mean, we, <laughs> you listen to this podcast and you're getting free beer. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe next week we'll give away hot wings. There you go. Now we're really talking. Free beer and hot wings. Free beer and hot wings on Sons of the Hunt. Maybe. Are we the free beer and hot wings of the outdoor industry? (laughs) It's possible. And we tell a a, a lot fewer dick jokes. (laughs) That's that's true. They they do love that. They they uh, do a lot of that, yeah. Um, I mean, you want to change the format up, maybe we'll take a look at next year and we'll increase the level of of foul jokes we tell. Who's doing the, the stunts, though? Uh, oh, what was his name? I see. I haven't Joe. listened to that show in a while. Joe, oh, I, I listen producer to it. Joe. Yeah. yeah, I used to listen to it religiously. But now I've got um, the uh, satellite radio, so I, I listen oh, to that yeah. almost nonstop. You listen to Stern? Yeah. yeah. No, no. I just listen to all the different like uh, octane lithium. and lithium. Yeah. I love lithium. Yeah, that was good, man. I've been having a pretty rough week, and uh, I got in the car to head over here to do the podcast with you. And uh, Lithium was doing a couple uh, a couple of different uh, songs from Chris Cornell, so that was nice. Did you hear his new uh, one? Say Hello to Heaven. I haven't heard it yet, no. It'll get you. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, I've seen a couple uh, you know, little nuances towards it, and I'm like, all right, I'm not they, sure if I'm ready for it yet. I'm going to yeah, wait until they, the... They have the 
the video that they put out with it is a lyric video and you're like reading along mm-hmm. as you're singing and yeah. it's just like yeah i'm not sure i'm ready for that yet <laughs> i don't yeah. i don't want to say more about it because it yeah it was a, it was a good thing and a bad thing it was say hello to heaven that was on when i was on my way up from temple of the dog and yeah. uh that's such a great song so it was cool to hear it but it's a tough one to listen to yeah given the uh yeah circumstances I, I, surrounding people don't it. understand that the word couple softies when it comes to you know 90s grunge and yeah specifically with chris cornell and yeah yeah it's a it's a it's a it's a touchy subject no yeah. doubt but i mean he was kind of you know being my, my age i mean you you should have been born 10 years earlier yeah. honestly with your your yeah. taste in, in music and, and things of that nature but uh, you know, he was kind of the soundtrack of my, my life, like my mature. Yeah, I mean, you're wearing the Soundgarden shirt yeah. right now. You know what I mean? Uh, so growing up, child of the 90s, man, it was kind of, Chris Cornell was definitely the soundtrack of my uh, formidable years. You know what yep. I mean? So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, it would have been. It's tough. I mean, a lot of people were the same way when, when Prince went. I mean, when David Bowie went. I mean, you yeah. know, when, you know, Tom Petty. My, I mean, my good, good friend Brian is was the biggest tom petty fan i know yeah. and it yep you know yep, my buddy it, it Dave smacks, you, it Kat, smacks I mean, you in the face yeah 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 it's because it and you know people don't realize it you know they they think it's it's silly when you know you see somebody actually get upset over somebody that they maybe never met yeah but when they're that influential on you and you know you don't really realize how influential they are mm-hmm. it feels like you know that person well that's it i mean when you think back i mean john lennon's a little before my time but i mean the world stopped oh yeah you know what i yeah. mean elvis i mean yeah. you know these are people crazy you know, mu- music is a such a transcendent type thing where you know i mean there's not not a whole lot of other experiences that can trigger a, a time a place a memory an emotion yeah. Like smell exactly it, it, it's it's unreal it's like you know there are certain songs that i hear and it it's like i was at a concert uh, you know either with somebody or, or something and it's almost like you could remember what it smelled like where yep. you were yeah it, yeah it's it's, you know, it, it, sense it's memory that's it you know and it's really cool the way that works you know so when you have somebody that impacts you uh, as heavily as as you know, Chris Cornell did for you and I. Yeah. It could be anybody. I mean, there's a a, a laundry list of, of people out there who have who have left uh, left us, and they were very you know, inspirational. And uh, for a lot of people, it's tough, man. When you link back, I mean, my wife was a big fan of uh, you know Lincoln Park. And yeah. Chester Bennington went a year. It was on his birthday. It was on uh, Chris Cornell's Chris birthday Cornell's that he killed birthday, himself. Yeah. So you know, it, it's a uh, it's a tough thing. You know what I mean? When you have somebody that you just, whenever you so start hybrid, to get a hybrid theory, I was obsessed with great album. See I mean, now, great now that's that's kind of like the same. Uh, probably you were the same age I was, like for hybrid theories, mm-hmm. like when Soundgarden yeah. was probably coming out. That's with, it. Like, down on the upside. Yeah, yeah. I mean, man, what? I mean, like I, I, I moved out to California when Down on the Upside came out, and every time I hear. Um, Oh boy, it just escaped me. Burn um, in my hand. in my hand. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Every time I hear that, I I'm right back into the apartment I lived in. Yeah. With the sun shining through the window. I mean, everything. See, it, it's, it's almost you know, palpable. You know what's funny? Well, it, this will transition us pretty well. Is uh, there's a radio station out of Poughkeepsie, WPDH, and that's what my dad would always put on once we got over the mountain and we started coming in Honesdale. We used to yeah. do a lot of hunting out that way. Mm-hmm. We'd go out in Beach Lake, and WPDH would come on. And that's when I got introduced to like Pearl Jam. Yeah, 
and Pearl Jam for me, you know, it, it as much as you know, I it was like a love hate relationship with Pearl Jam. Yeah. Like I, I like some of their songs, but I think like Even Flow was the first one I ever heard. Yeah, and it just it reminds me of going hunting. Sure. Yeah, and, I prefer and, the earlier stuff as well. Um, but yeah, there's, it's just amazing how something you hear can trigger all those senses. Yeah, I mean that's pretty. Co- it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, some of the, like, maybe mid-stage, third, fourth, fifth album Pearl Jam had. My buddy Frank and I that I used to hunt with a lot, we grew up hunting together. Yeah. And, you know, fishing, hunting, everything. I mean, we lived together for a long time. He was my roommate for a long time, and uh, we've been childhood friends. And uh, I don't see him much lately, uh, but nonetheless, uh, he's uh, we used to listen to Pearl Jam all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we'd be on our way to do some night fishing uh at some lake wherever and you know it was always pearl jam and and that was when he had a tape deck in his jeep you know what i mean yeah. so the cool thing about cassettes they don't skip yeah <laughs> that's funny so yeah it was you, you know, know it just brings back a lot of memories you know it's the second half of the podcast mm-hmm. that i always end up writing stuff down <laughs> and now i'm thinking of uh i really want to get the spotify playlist together oh yeah yeah because yeah. You that's know, a great idea because, and it's not just the songs that that I use in editing film that kind of, you know, make my film, I think, a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But just, excuse me, songs that, uh, that remind me of hunting. Yeah. You know? An album that uh, I guarantee does not remind anyone of hunting <laughs> is uh, Wolf Mother. Did right. you ever listen to Wolf yeah, Mother? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cosmic Egg. For some reason, when that that album came out, I I think it came out in August, yeah. and it was like I just listened to it right straight through the entire hunting season. That's cool. And I I I do kind of feel that there are certain things like that that influenced me. Like, okay, this is the sound that is defining my hunting season right mm-hmm. now. Like, I'll listen to it on the way to the stand, and then I'll get in there, and you know, it'll be stuck in my head. And then I'll, I would start thinking of, like, you know, if I was filming something, because this was before I was filming, mm-hmm. and I would start putting things to music. And I think that's kind of how I transitioned into filming things and thinking about music. Sure. That, that's cool. Kinda, that's... It is kind of weird how it ties ties together. And I'll tell you, you know, the, the last little, I can't say the last, because you've had a couple of good little shorts come out the last couple of weeks here. Uh, but the music that was playing over... Uh, the video of you actually shooting that buck. Mm. That was awesome. Like, it just, it it fit. Yeah. That makes that, you know, it I, fit perfectly. The first time I ever heard that song, I remember thinking, like, wow, this the song, it just, it just connected with me instantly. Yeah. And I, I, I don't, I, I was editing film one night and I, I took a break and I just started surfing around on YouTube. Yeah. I don't know, even know how I stumbled into. Actually, it was probably from listening to the Bad Light. It's probably a related video. Sure. And I listened to that, and it was like suggested for me. And I listened, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "This is perfect." And if you actually go back and listen to the lyrics of that song, it's a you know, it it's very what's the, what's the word? It, it it's fitting for that somber. Scene. It's very somber. Yeah. It, and it's uh. The song is actually called Deep Hardened Woods. Oh, cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. it's 
and that's uh, a really cool tune. It's by Jeremy Irons, and I, it's it's called Jeremy Irons and the Rat Gang Malibus, mm-hmm. which is a, a strange name. But they right. recently changed their name to J I R M. Right. And uh, those guys are legit. Yeah, it's a pretty cool tune. I listened to a couple of things since uh, you started using them, and uh, it just but that just kind of comes back to you know the emotion tying the emotion into it yeah. you know and music can really help with that it can oh, help yeah. attach an emotion um you know you definitely don't want like a metal like a thrash metal tune playing over that section yeah. of the video you yeah. know what i mean so it, it, i'm sure there's plenty of songs that would have worked with it but that one just seemed to strike a chord and uh i think it played well and i mean even like back with ghost a lot of the music in ghost yeah. was uh Really, really cool. So I think uh, doing a, like a, a Spotify playlist with a lot of the tunes that you've used through the films, yeah, that, through the shorts. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there would be people that would be able to connect. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's those songs cool. to I like that a idea. haunting memory. So I could, yeah, I could throw that together in, yeah, in a little bit, and uh, maybe I get that done before archery season kicks off here in PA. And uh, we're getting close. We're I know. Well, by the time this, this hits, is this is we're a week to the eve, right? Yep. Is yep, that... a week to the eve, indeed. Yeah, yeah. So, so what time is it now? It's uh, yeah, it's twelve o'clock. So twelve o two a.m. The twenty ninth, you know. So right now it is uh, the twenty second, and we're seven days away from the opener, uh, which is cool. Um, a lot of people stray away from the opener. I have some friends of mine who are like, ah, it's not even worth it. Me and my dad used to be religious with it. Oh, I'm with you. Always out first day, first morning, and it would. It was. It was just. All right, we're going. We're going to get a dough. Yep. And, geez, I just remember so many successful first days. Mm-hmm. We were just always. He always had us set up right to shoot a dough the first day. Well, I say, if nothing else, it's an opportunity just to get in a tree. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, there are. There's a few people that listen to this that aren't much into hunting. Uh, they listen to it whether we have their acquaintances, friends, family, what have you, uh, and they're not really into hunting, but. Um, they're in. They're into just kind of the whole theory that we that we put out, and uh, you know, a lot of people who mostly, I guess, the majority of people who listen to us are hunters. Yeah, and they get it. You know, um, getting out and just sitting, clearing your head. First day has always been like you can't. I, I'm not going to wait any longer. Man. Yeah, you know. I mean, it's, it's like the green light, man. <laughs> the flag is waved. Justin's got me pumped up every day. Mm-hmm. Justin uh, mm-hmm. from PA Bow Hunting. Justin Reed, yeah. I know some of you guys probably know him. He he started PA Bow Hunting, but every day I think he he messaged all of us first thing in the morning. Yep, I should be know, in a stand today. I got to get it's cool. Out. I need to be in a stand. <laughs> yeah, and and just his enthusiasm just got me over the. It's top. contagious like, for sure. I I we just uh, I and I know where he's at. Like uh, that's it. I'm every, not even hunting first day this year. I'm not. Even, I mean, I'll be out, but I'm not going to physically hunt. So. I'm. I don't know what what's going on yet. I have the morning free. I'm probably not going to shoot a deer myself. I've got things going on in the afternoon, where even if I did shoot a deer, I'd have to get it quartered up real quick yeah. and get it get it in the refrigerator. But uh, I might go with my dad and film him because he's got some nice buck coming in during during daylight. Yeah, he said. And uh, I I sh- I probably should have gone with him. Was it? I don't think it, it no it wasn't last year. I think it was the year before. He shot that nice buck with mm-hmm. all that junk that around the gnarly bases. bugger, yeah. yeah. And you know, he was coming in consistently and 
I sh- I should have just right. I should have done it, but you know, learn my lesson and I'll if uh, his trail cam footage says the same thing, and that's probably what I'll do. That's cool. Well, then you don't have to worry about quartering a deer up. Yeah, you and, get out there, and you get know, some honestly, and film I, I absolutely love when I get to just film. I know. It's fun, isn't it? Yeah, I yeah. do. I do enjoy that. And, you know, I, personally, I am I could go out and shoot a deer right now and be successful with it, but I'm not where I want to be right. personally. Like, yeah. You know, I've got, you know, my own standards, and it's just not there yet. I mean, I'm pr- I'm – consistent out to 30 with the new bow right now I, i'm confident you know i'm keeping a you know three inch group at 30 yeah i want to tighten that up before i really dial that sight in but uh i i would be satisfied with you know just going out and filming the first day sure that'd be great yeah i'm going i'm taking my son out and uh we were getting him dialed in with the crossbow he's 10 so he can hunt under the Pennsylvania Youth Mentored Program, which is a great program, by the way. Kudos to the PA Game Commission for putting that in place. Um, it just gives kids an opportunity to get out there before they get drenched in video games and online and whatnot. You can kind of get ahead of the curve a little bit and get them out there and get them some experience. Um, and my son's no different. I mean, he got his first turkey when he was seven, and uh, he's been out hunting with me every year since he's seven. And this is, he's 10. So now uh, we're going to get him out and try and uh, shoot a deer with the crossbow so that'll be a, a pretty cool situation I, and i think i got a pretty good spot dialed in for him so nice. we'll see i mean you know it's That's hunting awesome. is hunting it's not shooting it's hunting so i mean i i think back to the first time my dad put me in a tree when i was 12 mm-hmm. my very first archery season and we had a, a doe come in you know 12 yards yeah i mean that it, it was unreal because it's so vivid how i remember it and just the fact that he had that set up and it was ready to go and it worked out. Yep. I, you know, I think I, I, I don't want to say I would be hard pressed, but I mean to go out the first day and shoot a doe right now. Yeah. I'm not sure if if I if I'd get that done. You know. Right. I'd see deer, but I don't know if I'd have like a a 12 yard right, layup. right drop shot. Yeah. He he had it done, man. Yep. That's what I'm hoping. I mean, we're gonna hunt out of a blind. Uh, Damien's gonna come with. He's gonna he's gonna film as well. So he's gonna run a camera. I'm gonna run a camera. It's gonna be like a full on production. I mean, this kid's getting spoiled. I mean, I'm running like three cameras. While he's in the blind. Yeah. But you know, it's just I want him to be able to maintain that experience and to to have that. I mean, his turkey video isn't going anywhere. I mean, that's etched in yeah. time forever. I mean, he can watch that whenever he wants. That's awesome. And, that is uh, so awesome. It's gonna be cool if I can get a good video out for his first deer. Um, you know, I mean, we, we had him out last year and he was just absolutely dead nuts with that crossbow. Uh, I mean, he was scary, deadly with that thing, scary accurate, but we had some deer come in at last light and they just, we just couldn't see them. And man, I mean, he was disappointed. No question. I mean, as any kid would be, but I mean, you had him so close. He was it, close. He could almost taste it. Yeah. You know? so, so it so had to keep him hooked. To yeah. That, yeah. You know, so he now wanted he's, to try again. Dad, when are we going? We're going, right? We're going, Dad? Yeah, we're going. Yeah. All right, buddy. All right, yeah, we're going. So when are we going to get the crossbow? When do we get to shoot the crossbow? Yeah. yeah. So a friend of mine, my buddy Damien, is going to loan me his crossbow. Uh, so we're going to let him shoot that. And, uh, yeah, he's pretty jacked about it. So it would be great to uh, get a deer for him because yeah. getting a deer for him is getting a deer for me. Oh, yeah. Because we're, we're all going to eat it. Yeah. Um, so to get him that experience and uh, to keep him hooked. 
who knows? I might have to give all my doe tags to my kids this year. Uh, yeah, all, well, that's how, that's how the mentor so. tag works, yep. right? Well, so. you can get you get a turkey tag, you get a, a spring gobbler tag, and you get a buck tag. Yeah, a buck tag. Yeah, but so, I can donate my doe tag antlerless. Yeah, I can give him my doe tag. Now, shame on me for not reading how that worked. We filled out an application and sent a check with Bridget's CID on uh, it. Ah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, we'll just get her a doe tag. And they were like, yeah. got rejected. And I was like, yeah. ugh. I, I almost felt embarrassed for not not reading up on that. But I got it's, both doe tags. It's coming down out there. Yeah, it's The boring. range just opened up, man. The sky opened up. And it's I wonder if, that, if that's picking up. I, I would know. imagine. Maybe. It can, it's pretty loud out there. It's coming down pretty hard. So hopefully that stops before morning because I want to get out and, and check trail cameras. and yeah. I was thinking about moving a stand, but I don't know now. We'll see. But uh, yeah, so we'll see how it plays out. So it'd be cool to get him. And so I won't be hunting until probably at the earliest the following weekend. And hopefully, I know I've been talking about how my bow's been in and out of the shop for a couple weeks now, but uh, I'll be heading out in the morning to go get my hands back on my bow and hopefully get it figured out. Nice. Uh, my friend Julie up at the Hunter's Gallery there, she's got it uh, pretty much squared away. She sent me some pictures of some paper tuning, and it's looking pretty good. So nice. going to get up there, get my hands on it, and uh, hopefully I'll have it ready to rock and roll for, uh, for uh, you know, the first opportunity I get to get in a tree stand. So now it's just trying to figure out what the wind's doing so I know what stand to get in. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I, I know that you, uh, you were having some issues with that. And- mm-hmm. Getting that finally squared away has to feel nice. It does, man. It's a relief because, you know, it's always in the back of your head when archery seasons come up. I mean, it, it cost me my turkey season. Now, granted, I hunted with a shotgun, but my intention was to hunt turkeys with the bow. Yeah. But I just had I had zero confidence in it, so I left it home. And I ended up getting a turkey at about 10 yards, yeah. <laughs> which right. I would have been a drop shot. I mean, he turned his back to me the whole deal. I could have shot him 100 times with my bow. And that's just always the case. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth, man. I had a great experience. I uh, got a great bird with a shotgun and uh, got it all on film, self-filmed. So that was the first time I was successful with that. Uh, so I'm not going to complain by any means. But uh, I'm just glad that I'm going to get my, my bow back for uh, for archery season this year. I was, I mean, thank you. I mean, Mark offered me his, uh, his backup, his oh, expedition. Yeah. Not a problem. Which was awesome. Uh, because it definitely would have got me in the game, no question. Yeah. Uh, but it's still good to good to at least think that I might get my bow back for yeah. uh, this season. So you know, and, and it's kind of this. We're kind of in the same boat. You know, we're not quite there with our equipment, but we are. Like well, that's it, it. if you had to go out on the first day and, and shoot a deer, you, you probably could. sure. But we're not obligated. No, and that's it. Forced and into I'm it, not so. in a hurry. It's a long season. You know what I mean? Yeah. I hunt all the way through January, February, you know, so uh, I take every opportunity I can. But, you know, I definitely don't want to leave any tags unturned, if you will, tags unpunched. So uh, I'm hoping to put a lot enough because I'll tell you, man, when you start getting into the later end of the season, you're into summertime and you're like, OK, I've only gotten a few packs of steaks left. Oh, it's yeah. It's disheartening. Well, you know, I we were just talking about before I saved my last pack. I don't know how I did it. I had a pack of steaks left. Yep. And uh I put together a little video, so uh, we'll. I'll. Uh, I'll be working on that. I, I should be able to put that together pretty quick because nice. it's super simple. Yep. And it's my favorite way to eat venison, just seared in a pan, and Good then stuff, man. you know, a couple little size things I like to eat with them. But uh, 
Yeah, I, oh, I can't wait till it's fresh. I know, fresh. I saved my last pack of uh, steaks for my birthday, which is uh, early September, so that was my last pack, man. I yeah. ate them on my birthday. Nice. So I'm definitely having a meat crisis right now, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it won't be long now. Hopefully, before I'm uh, I've got one hanging and I'm uh, taking it apart. Yeah, I've ki- I've kind of actually got uh, my own little tradition going that um, when the first round of Pennsylvania tuxedo comes out, uh, I usually have a fresh a fresh deer in the freezer. Yeah. So i'm looking forward to that. oh absolutely yeah the pennsylvania tuxedo will be coming back around and uh and i and unfortunately i forgot it uh i was trying to remember a couple things to bring up with me tonight and uh, i forgot that seasoning that game seasoning i i, I put together yeah. i wanted to bring a uh, container of it up for you so maybe we'll have that uh we're gonna have to have a a, a special episode the for whoever shoots a deer first we'll definitely get some it. cooking going yeah, on a little soth uh challenge yeah yep that and uh a little PA tuxedo from Dogfish Head. Indeed. Oh, yeah, I'm all over it. There is seriously nothing that pairs better with venison than that beer. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah. I'll tell you, I, 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 I've been looking for it. I didn't realize it's like seasonal. It only comes out every once in a while. It's kind of like the, uh, is it Hop Smash? Hop Slam. Hop Slam, yeah. Yeah, that comes out around the spring, and I didn't realize it. I was looking all over the place for it, and I finally found somebody who was like, yeah, you're not going to find it until yeah, that's, probably it, April, it's, May. It's, uh... I think it's like february it, it's it's still the winter yeah when i have it but all right yeah i have to look keep an eye out for oh, it man. but uh that yeah so it's, good. this kind of stuff is seasonal but yeah i'm looking forward to it so i can almost taste it yeah i mean we're, we're just i'm just ready I'm yeah ready. i'm ready for all this i'm ready for i'm ready for hoodies and you know football is going on i don't, yep. don't want to talk about the giants right now that's maybe, all right maybe yeah. after sunday we'll, we'll talk but Yep, Giants, football, hockey, bonfires, good stuff, man. Yeah, it's my it's time. Just, my time of year, pumpkin pie. Heck yeah, man! It's all coming together. So uh, yeah, it's and, and again, this is coming out. This this will be out probably the night before. So uh, if y'all are going out in the morning, strap in, be safe. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely, definitely. Share your stories. Share your harvest. Yeah. Don't apologize for what you're doing. Yep. Uh, tag be sensible <laughs> yeah tag us let us know what's going on send Hashtag. us pictures soth challenge soth podcast yeah anything you like challenge we've got a bunch of hashtags going floating about yeah but uh yeah it's uh oh i'm excited i know that's right it's a week away i'm ready to go yeah, it's really like Christmas for I us. I am, an, I am, and I'm, I'm all, I'm not. Well, I still got to wash now. clothes. I still got stuff to do. I still got to fletch arrows. I've got I'm crying out loud. I've got clothes that are fresh out of plastic bags here, like, <laughs> I, like that I just bought, and yeah. I have, I still have clothes to get. So, yeah, fine tuning, fine tuning. That's what we like to call it. <laughs> yeah. We're fine tuning our our uh, preseason. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're ready to rock and roll. Our, our agendas are coming together, but yep. oh, I can't. Uh, with that, we, we better just quit rambling about it. We, we just, we have stuff to do tomorrow and it's already yep. quarter after 12. So <laughs> as usual, let's, let's wrap this up. I don't, I don't think people realize 
that, no. that we record this into well, when like you're listening to it at like four o'clock in the afternoon you don't realize that sometimes we don't even turn these microphones on until midnight yeah i yeah, there was definitely one that we started at like 11 30 once yeah yeah it was well we had a couple of technical difficulties we had to start over and yeah, uh yeah, yeah you know yeah. It, it's tricky i mean you know we we've been uh doing this for a while now this is man episode 14 now there's a lot of podcasts out there that do one or two a week you know like we've said it before this is not our job yeah no that's <laughs> just it and you know i i don't think i mentioned it in the last one i wanted to but i saw a statistic the other day that 80 percent of web shows and podcasts do not get past their fifth episode 80 percent ah man we're in the we're in the black yeah for sure we're doing we're doing all right i would say um, I like to think so. I mean, we go a little bit a bit against the grain of like yeah. the outdoor standard, you know what I mean? But uh, not and, too much, but enough to. And you know, I, I mean, I've been thinking. I, I'm always thinking about it. Honestly, like it, it's it's always kind of in the back of my mind. But mm. you know, there there's endless podcasts out there about whitetail strategy, mm-hmm. and they all have the same guests, yep. and they're all running on the same podcast circuit, and there's a few of them, it's essentially the same podcast. Yeah. Well, growing a new type of conversation, it's not exactly an easy thing. No. You know what I mean? No. And, uh, you know, we're not going to nail it every time. Uh, we run the risk of upsetting one side or the other sometimes. You know what I mean? But, you know, that's just part of the conversation. You know what I mean? If we're not getting pushback, we're not doing it right. Yeah. And th- and that's, that's uh, I think that that's kind of our goal is to, you know, break that divide sure you know it doesn't we, it doesn't have to be this way or that way it could just be about hunting yeah i you mean know? just because it's not my way doesn't mean it's wrong right you know what i mean and uh you know we we try to kind of embrace that whole mantra and and i think we pretty much stayed consistent so far yeah. uh, in 14 episodes i mean yeah you know, we, depending on where you ch- you click into the conversation, it yeah. might might we might contradict ourselves a little bit here and there. But you know, uh, speaking off the cuff, you know what I mean. This is yeah. tricky. Yeah, you I know? mean, dude, life's a contradiction. Sure, I, every everything you know, you, views change, things change. Nothing is ever totally black and white. All right. But I mean, look at the, the the evolution that you had through your archery tack- tackle. Where I am right now compared to where i was when i was like oh i'm gonna start sons of the hunt yeah it's totally different yeah it you know my mind has just changed on certain things it's gotten to the point where i'm literally hungrier and i just want to shoot deer to eat them right and and that's it and that's it's the evolution of you know of your maturity and not i mean that's not the right word to use but i mean you know i mean it it is i mean i'm I'm progressing and you know yeah it's maturing in one way or another, you know, sure. it's getting older and it's just, you know, things change. That's it. That's it. And, 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 and the fact that we kind of embrace that, I think is a little bit different. I mean, we're not hard nosed than anything. You yeah. know I mean, it, you know, we're always open for discussion. We're open for, um, any kind of some anything that's contrary to what we may believe. Hey, listen, if you've got a great point, we're definitely open to listening to it. And it may change the way we think about something, but until we're exposed to it, we're not going to know. We just kind of go with what you know. Yeah. And and the last thing to wrap that up is that I feel like just our uh, geography here kind of sets us apart. P- 
Pennsylvania is <laughs> not the state everyone thinks of when it comes to hunting. Right. But it definitely breeds a different type of hunter. Oh, heck yeah. You heck know, yeah. You, you're, you're walking that fine line all the time of, yes, I want venison. I'm going to shoot my doe. Mm-hmm. What what am I going to pass out my buck tag every year to shoot a mature deer? Right. That's hard. You, you know, know it who, comes back to the what, if I don't shoot, do? the neighbor's gonna. You know what I mean? And that's kind of been the mantra right. for years. You know what I mean? And but it comes back around to you know, there's one. It's one thing to, you know, we used to always talk about shoot what gets you excited. Yeah. And then you're like, well, what about quality deer management? Well, okay, yeah. Yeah. You you, you have to find a. Uh, a happy medium to what your goals are. Mm-hmm. Like we've, we've said before, I mean, if you have a lot of stringent goals to where you want to grow big mature deer on a specific property, well, then you need to adjust your hunting tactics to suit that goal. Right. Uh, but if you're in a small piece of property surrounded by a bunch of other properties where you're pretty certain if that if you don't shoot that deer, someone's going to shoot it. You know what it's I mean? Tough, it, man. It, it, it becomes a, a different conversation. You know what I mean? And it could, it could turn you off of the the whole lifestyle really quickly right right you know so the fact that we kind of we're not hard-nosed on anything and we just we want everybody to embrace what is in their heart yeah uh without sounding too kind of silly but you know if 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 you feel it's right and you're within the legal boundaries man knock your socks off enjoy yourself make it a memorable season memorable season yeah uh you know make it make it a story worth telling you know what i mean and uh don't 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 apologize for it you know everyone should we're we're not in any uh, we're, you know, we sit here in these seats and we're not here to judge anybody on their decision and we don't expect anybody to judge us on ours. We just want everybody to kind of come together and, and you know, act like we should as, as hunters on the same team. That's what um, has to happen. Yeah. That's so, what really just has to happen. I think that's that that's been the message so far. I think in 14 episodes, that's kind of been the big message that we've been putting out there is uh, we're on the same team. Yep. You know what I mean? And uh, we got to act that way. Yeah. It's been said before, and I, I know we'll say it again at some point. So, once again, I think that that's a very good point to uh, wrap this up with. Yeah, buddy. This is probably our longest episode. Could but, be. But Could be. Uh, it's worth it. You know, the, the first half will be a, a good primer for, for the opening day. I'm telling you, if you're not getting jacked up yet, man, you guys need to check your pulse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, if all goes well, uh, good luck tomorrow. Absolutely. Because it, this is going to be coming out on Friday, and hopefully Saturday we're all the hunting opener. the yep. next day. I'll be in a stand you somewhere know? in a blind. That's it. So we are going to wrap it up. Once again, thank you, everyone, for supporting us. Absolutely. If you really like it, you should subscribe to it, rate Share us. Share it. Throw it out it. there. You know, do do all the mm-hmm. do all the social media stuff. Just get yourself some free beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do that, and uh, we will catch you in episode fifteen. Big yes, milestone. Uh, Let's do good it. Good luck, guys. We'll see you. Stay safe.